Ladies and gentlemen, kicking off the first stop on his world tour, our new president and prophet, Russell M. Nelson. You say you want some revelation. Well, here you go. It's gonna blow your freaking mind. Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the weekly Mormon News Roundup, where Al and Rebecca are going to ruminate on the great and spacious beehive. Uh, this week is January 1st, 2023, episode 40. That We're starting off a great new year with a great new episode. And thank you very much for joining us uh, this week, Rebecca. Um, sorry that Dives couldn't be with us this week. Yeah, it seems a little sparse without him here, but I think that we can handle it. I'm pretty uh, sure we can do it. <laughs> that's all right. You uh, you came on back in, I think it was October. Is that right? I think it was in October. Yeah, I had yep. such a good time. And I think you were I, I was gone. Yeah, either. I was. Uh, that's very uh, suspicious. Are you guys ever in the same place at the same time? Hmm. We, we have been noticed uh, in the same place at the same time, uh, so, infrequently. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but we, we miss Dives, and we'll be glad to see him uh, back here next week. So uh, tell me, Rebecca, how is the Good Book Club coming along? Well, the Good Book Club is awesome as usual. Uh, for January, we are reading a book called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. So oh, wow. we are delving into the mysteries of the universe, and it's been very educational. That's some heavy stuff, I'll say. Yeah, It is some heavy <laughs> stuff. And we even had a, for those of our book club members, we're a virtual National Book Club, but we do have, you know, quite a number of us here in Utah, where I'm located. We went to a planetarium event um, mm -hmm. at Utah Valley University, where uh, a astronomy professor gave us an amazing presentation. So we're just delving headlong into this topic, and there's a lot to learn, and it kind of blows your mind. It's pretty amazing. Wow, sounds like things are going really good. Yep. And um, so uh, tell us a little bit more about the Mormonish podcast. What's on, uh, what's coming down the line? For 2023 there. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll put on my, I'll take off my good book club hat and I'll put on my Mormonish hat. You you, are, you have <laughs> a lot of little, hats you wear. Little, I, you know what? When you, when you like what you do, you just keep doing it. So, yep. <laughs> and that's it. So yeah, Mormonish is excellent. It's our little podcast, uh, Mormonish, living a joyful life on the other side of Mormonism. And we talk to all kinds of amazing guests, um, people that are just doing wonderful and incredible things. We have some really interesting people coming up um, in the next month. And an event that we're really excited about. Um, we have a guest. His name is Jeff Pingree. He is an award-winning, Emmy award-winning documentary filmmaker. And he has uh, made a film that came out a couple years ago called The Return of Elder Pingree, Memoir of a Departed Mormon. And this wow. is a film. It received so many awards. It came out before COVID. So a lot of people mm -hmm. um, internationally and nationally know about it, but the Mormon community and the post-Mormon community don't really know about it. Um, and it's the story of him returning to his mission and just mm -hmm. sort of deconstructing what happened. It's just a beautiful award-winning film. We are doing a screening um, here in Salt Lake, and he's going to come. Oh. And it's kind of put on by the Good Book Club and by Mormonish, and he's going to come and mm -hmm. do a Q&A. But um, a little plug for this film, it's, it can be rented on Amazon for just a few dollars. And it's a beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful film for, for anybody who's a post-Mormon, an mm -hmm. active Mormon, anybody that's served a mission, I think will really mm -hmm. love this. So that's something we're really excited about. And we're doing that in tandem uh, with Mormon Book Reviews with Steve. Pinecker and also um, Mormon Stories podcast. So a lot of people involved in this. It's going to be really good. So that's well, my little plug. <laughs> sounds like it. I sure appreciate that. And I'll definitely give that one a try. Yeah, no, so it's thank wonderful. You very much. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. You have to look it up. It's called The Return of Elder Pingree. The Return of Elder Pingree. I'll give okay. that one a look. 
All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Rebecca. And I understand you have the joke of the week for us this week. I have the joke of the week and I had to fight for it because other people who shall remain nameless <laughs> wanted to give the joke, but I think we'll give him well, a chance later. So. If Dives wants to give a joke, he needs to show up, right? <laughs> but I think that's fair. That's right. You snooze, you lose. That's exactly it. So Yeah, and he'll be back next week. So we look forward to his joke that's, next week. That's right. He's probably working on the joke right now. It's going to be a really good one. Yeah. So, well, I picked a joke. I am a cat person, and uh -huh. my cat is a post-Mormon, which is interesting. interesting. Um, so I have a cat joke. So uh, did you hear about the Mormon cat with a speech impediment? I didn't. Well, he had nine wives. Oh, he had nine wives? <laughs> he had nine wives. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. My, uh, my cats are Catholic. Like, <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad one at all. I think that and was pretty dang good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear about your post-Mormon cat. My cats are Catholic themselves. So, oh, yeah. see, there you go. Yeah. Diversity, that's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So starting off uh, this week, we've got some follow-ups from previous um, articles. Um, let's see. The first one, we have the defendant in the first Boy Scouts of America case has been sentenced. Um, Chapman um, was involved in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Boy Scouts of America when the crimes were committed, and he has been uh, given his sentence. So I'm trying to pull up the article. It's on uh, wilx.com. And uh, let's see. How long did right, he And how get? many years was he sentenced? I was thinking it was, gosh, it was, I want to say, was it 20? Yeah, 12 to, 12 to 20. 12 to 20. That's uh, two what two sentences of 12 to 20 years and 10 to 15 years concurrently in Michigan. Yeah, this is, uh, let's see, his name is Chapman, but it's, uh, there it is, 51-year-old Mark Chapman of Mark New York. Chapman. So he's uh, he's going away. And uh, good. We're going to start seeing some justice being served um, on behalf of these victims and the Boy Scouts. So. Yeah, and I um, kind of feel like the Mormon News Roundup almost might need a dedicated slot for Boy Scouts because I feel like yeah. this article is going to repeat itself over and over and over, mm -hmm. and, and that's a good I, thing. So I think, I think so. We'll have a we'll we'll definitely have a running uh, uh, report on the yep. updates of the Boy Scouts and what's going on there because yeah, this is not going away anytime soon. Um, also, there's an update this week on the AP sex abuse case down down in Arizona. This one is a little strange because the appeals court that um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, appealed to um, has decided to side with the church and against the judge, who the judge uh, ruled that the um, priest penitent privilege doesn't apply in this uh, case. But the appeals court has decided to say, well, actually, um, the 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 um, oh, sorry, the uh, ward clerk was not clergy. Uh, but we got a little bit of a that kind of gets a, a little sticky, a little bit of a sticky wicket here, because the um, the way that the LDS church runs, it's all run by lay clergy. So, yeah, everybody in the LDS church is clergy, really. Um, you know, whether at some point or another, you know, they have the, either they're a bishop, there's a president so-and-so or counselor so-and-so. Yeah, everyone has the name president. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Everyone is a president. <laughs> there's more presidents than there are presidents, are not presidents. And I felt mm -hmm. when I was 
that article, I, you know, I felt that the one of the reasons that the court gave for for changing it was, oh, he was in, you know, a bishopric, and, and exactly what you said. I don't think they have an understanding that everyone is in a bishopric. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So to me, that was disappointing because. I thought mm-hmm. he should have had to testify. I mean, I thought that would have been an avenue that there could have been yeah. progress made in the case, which I think all of us are hoping for. And it just seems mm-hmm. like step by step, you know, one step forward, two steps back, you know, with Curtin McConkie, of course, you know, just yeah. absolutely hammering away. So, yeah, sure. I was, I thought this was unfortunate to hear, but I, I do understand how they mm-hmm. just probably don't understand the inner workings of uh yeah, the, the LDS Church. The LDS Church is just, um, it, it also prides itself on being the way it is and not having uh, a paid clergy or a professional clergy. Uh, they uh, pride themselves very much on having a lay clergy, <clears throat> and that keeps a constant rotation of uh, people coming in and going out. It doesn't also, when anything happens that's maybe more sorted, mm-hmm. they are very happy to be able to say that is simply a volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> Again, people don't understand. It's not really a volunteer. You really are called to do it. And if you're mm-hmm. a faithful LDS uh, member, you do yeah. do it. But they mm-hmm. love to say lay or volunteer. Yeah, volunteer just because they're not paid, right? <laughs> a volunteer. I mean, a bishop being called a volunteer, a state president I've seen being called mm-hmm. a, a volunteer yeah. in different news articles. And, and all of us know that's, that's a, a, a large stretch of the word volunteer. Yeah. Um, some other articles that uh, have come out this last week um, point out that uh, the sex abuse video um, will uh, victimize the child um, or the victim long after the abuser is gone, long after the abuser, uh, in this case, uh, when Adams committed suicide. Um, but after the sentence has been served, the video is still out there. You can't scrub things from the Internet. It's just, you know, it's still out there circulating and these uh, poor girls are going to have their images of their abuse out there for predators and any curious individual to seek them out and find them. Yeah. And it has a life of its own now, I feel. And I think it has a lot of notoriety. And you know that people are looking at it more now than ever, um, just Mm -hmm. because it's in the news all the time. And it's so unfortunate because if you think back to when, you know, the, the confession was first made, you know, had something been done, um, mm-hmm. many of the videos wouldn't even have been made. They wouldn't be out there at all. So it's it's a very sad, it's very sad. Yeah. And this article was also picked up by the national press. And it just goes to show that um, it continues to grow, that when child abuse is allowed to continue, um, the, you know, all, the longer that it's out there, it means that Paul Adams videos are allowed to rack up more and more views. And this is where the issue comes in, is that you had an opportunity where the lay clergy could have put a stop to this. Yeah. And that's right. uh, And I always think how, you know, the lay clergy heard about everything, did nothing. And then you have somebody in New Zealand, I believe it was, who sees the video and, you know, makes it their mission, realizes that it's something that's Mm -hmm. probably currently or very recent, you know, and a worldwide hunt to try to stop this, you know, where, where this, these children were going to church every Sunday, sitting there with, with their village, quote, quote, and yet nothing was happening there. And yet people all over on the other side of the world recognized it for what it was because Mm -hmm. of the video and, and absolutely made it their mission to try to find these people and help these children. So that came to the rescue. Yep. Very wrong. Mm -hmm. So we applaud the people from New Zealand and uh, shame on 
the uh, bishops and the clergy members, anybody that was privy to this knowledge in the girls' village that didn't do anything to help. Well, and, and as they say, it takes a village to raise a child and also a village <laughs> to let abuse happen. And I think that's yeah. absolutely true. Sure does. Absolutely. All right. We ready to get into the news of the week here? Oh, boy. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. We're starting off with some of the big hitters this week. Um, the big money articles this week. First of all, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has purchased the 823,000 square foot Pacific Gateway Industrial Development in Kent, Washington for $260 million. This was big news. It's been all over the internet that the church, a uh, multi-billion dollar uh, corporation has laid out a ton of money for a facility that they're going to lease back to Jeff Bezos. Um, Blue Origins is going to, one of his companies is going to be uh, renting it from the church. And so it was um, not purchased for a charitable uh, purpose then. This is no, th this sounds is very, to me to be purely yeah. a savvy business deal. Oh, absolutely. This is a real estate holding. Uh, yeah, this there's nothing charitable whatsoever about this. Where did the funds that's come so, that's from? That's so surprising. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Did it, did the church come from, or did the, the church purchase this from uh, funds from Enzyme Peak? I, I We don't know. Um, yeah, and there's no way to find out because I'm sure that money trail is yeah. twisted and uh -huh. turns and we will never find out. And then yeah. that article comes out and everyone's pretty overwhelmed by that. And then a few days later, mm -hmm. another article. <laughs> another article of the church buying even more property. Yeah. Uh, church is going to build a $600 million industrial campus in Phoenix, Arizona. And you're right. Just a few days later, that one broke. So we've got... Uh, the church's a real billion estate dollars. Arm. Yeah, I'm doing the math. That's close to a billion close dollars. To a billion do we know dollars. what we're doing? Do we know what's going to happen with that industrial campus? Um, we we don't know exactly, but it's a zoned industrial, zoned commercial. So you're going to get some sort of business, some sort of industry going on there. There has been some pushback. The local mm. people in the Phoenix area, I believe this one's over in Glendale, the Glendale area of Phoenix. Um, they are not too happy about this happening in their backyard because, well, you know, there's noise pollution, there's light pollution because mm -hmm. you're going to have, you know, lights on at all times of the day and night. That's going to drive their real estate prices down. Uh, so people aren't too happy about this going in. But, hey, you know, it's all in the name of progress, right? It's all in the name of something. I'm not sure. And I did yeah. have the thought when I read where the, you know, the town that the complex was in, I thought that's, mm -hmm. that's a heavy, L there's a lot of LDS yeah. um, mm -hmm. people yeah. there. And Glendale. I thought, I wonder if this is a little bit of a shelf breaking mm -hmm. item, maybe for some of them that live next door to this complex. And why mm -hmm. is the church buying this? And what is this all about? And, and mm -hmm. nobody really knows. In fact, this is kind of funny. I was talking to Radio Free Mormon about oh. these purchases and mm -hmm. I asked him what he thought was going to happen there, you know, because mm -hmm. I always figured he has his finger on the pulse of everything that's happening. The, his first thought was cloning. I thought, oh. I'm not sure if that's exactly true. <laughs> but then he said, no, I think that they're, what they're going to, the church is trying to take over Amazon, and, you know, uh -huh. and these would be the facilities for it. And they're going to rename Amazon Nauvoo. So oh. if you hear about Nauvoo Prime, mm -hmm. Radio Free Mormon was correct. Maybe that's, that's what's happening. Right. It's a big mystery. 
Well, we'll test his uh, spirit of prophecy and see how well it comes out, right? Very prophetic. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, this one also brings us to our uh, Mormon News Roundup poll of the week. So, Rebecca, down at the bottom of our uh, document here, we've got um, th this fun poll that Dave's put together for us before he uh, took off on vacation or wherever oh, he went this week. How dare he? How dare he? Yeah. So, uh, go, please go over to Anchor and uh, take our poll. Um, tell us what you think. The question is, how do you feel? about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints purchasing a 1 million square foot industrial development for $260 million. Is, uh, is it number one? And do you want me to read these or do yeah. we want to oh, trade yeah. off? Yeah, do you, do you, do you, if you could read them. Yep, I'll read them. Okay, so number one, no problem. This is exactly what James in the Bible wrote about when he extolled pure religion undefiled. That's number one. Number Your two. Religion undefiled. Undefiled. <laughs> number two, inspired. It's nice to see those giving machine donations are really being put to good use. <laughs> okay, that one yep. made me laugh. That's good. <laughs> number three, a testimony builder. The church is bringing souls to Christ. One mega distribution center at a time. That's right. <laughs> or a mall, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, number four, troubled. Jeff Bezos has more money than God, yet even the Amazon CEO pays rent to the LDS church. Hmm, mm. that's a head scratch. <laughs> All right, number five, outraged. Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Besides, we're still trying to pay off the City Creek mortgage. Now that is... <laughs> Boy, I don't know how people are going to choose between these. These are all so accurate and valid. Okay, now we've moved on to number six. Not sure. Joseph Smith never found buried treasure with a rock in the hat, but he never looked for it in Kent, Washington. Hmm. That's true. <laughs> that is interesting. I don't know. And then number seven, which I believe is our final one. Let me turn the page and make sure. Number seven. Is that our last one? Yep. Seven's yeah, the last number one. Number seven. Sad. I am guessing that this purchase is where most of James Huntsman's tithing went. <laughs> yep, it's already been spent, James. I believe it. It's already <laughs> over. You're not going to get it back. So, wow, those are those are some very thought provoking uh, choices there. Yeah. Any of them stick out to you that uh, you want to vote for? You know, uh, the one that made me laugh, of course, uh, you know, is the giving machines. But but I actually mm -hmm. think I align more with number four. I am okay. kind of troubled, you know, mm -hmm. that, that someone who's the CEO of Amazon now has mm -hmm. to pay uh, rent to the church. It kind of reminds me of when I heard that the church had outbid um, Bill Gates on some mm -hmm. farmland. I thought, good heavens, is this really the arena that that this church is playing in? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. I don't think most members understand how much money is in play here. I don't oh, think our little sure. brains can comprehend it. So. Well, when you have Elder Bednar going to Washington and saying, oh, we, we don't have much money. Uh, it's very much a relative term, right? It's very relative. It's like millions, yeah, billions, I, I, millions. I'll, I'll, I'll it really you, I'm not competing me. with Warren Buffett or uh, Jeff Bezos no. or Bill Gates for anything. No, but exactly uh, that's what I mean. Yeah. We can't comprehend it. Yeah. But this is the mm -hmm. arena that Ensign Peak is playing in, and yeah. I still think it's the tip of the iceberg. I think there's more to Ensign Peak Holdings than we even understand, and the real estate holdings and. I just, you know, maybe there'll be a future article where it'll blow our minds even farther, but it's, it's incredible. Yeah. 
Okay, um, back to the news. We're going over for a little sports segment here with uh, regards to BYU football and Navy footballs back in the the spotlight this week. So uh, the first article is BYU has uh, recruited a new uh, quarterback for their football team. And um, he is not a member of the church. His name is uh, Kadon Slovis. And uh, he has been a quarterback for, let's see, what was his... uh, why can I not remember? I'm having the. This is this He's is from the Philadelphia, isn't he? Yeah. Is that what I think I remember reading? Uh, let's see, USC and Pitt. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. So he's played at uh, USC and also Pitt University. So yeah, he's um, yeah, he's got some experience. He's I guess his career has kind of uh, slumped a little bit, and so that's why he's going to BYU to try and. Uh, revive his career and also well, at the members same time, would not say that they would say oh, that you know the 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 lord works in mysterious ways mm-hmm. and that you know the inspiration is hit and he was yeah. led to byu it was meant to be i'm pretty yeah. sure that's how they would spin it absolutely it, exactly and th- these are the same people that uh this uh, Mr. Slovis, one, uh, <laughs> he joked that, like, wait a second, there are all, all these people Mormon here. And, like, he came to play at BYU, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, these guys were giving us all these, like, gifts for, like, you know, afterwards, after game in the shower room. They were and so friendly, yeah. Yeah, they were so nice. Everybody's like, oh, you know, thank you so much for coming to play us. And, you know, he had all these hecklers in the stands, and uh, this they were saying, oh, yeah, you stink, man. And yep. uh, he's like, um, well, Wait a second. Normally, I would when you walk past the hecklers, you think, okay, they're drunk, right? But he realized these guys are all stone cold sober. Yeah, none of these. No, people no he are said drunk. that that kind yeah. of terrified him because he's yeah, like, yeah, it's terrifying. The people that are drinking, it's all good fun, but these are yeah. calculated insults. These oh, are yeah. people that are in their right mind, and they are. Yeah, it stings. It be it, 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 it's brutal, right? <laughs> yeah, it was very disconcerting. He said, and now yeah. these are his fans. These are yeah. the people that will be backing him up. So I, you know, he might, exactly. might pause, pause there if he doesn't yeah. perform as they hope he will. How will they treat him? I don't know. It might be a little yeah. hostile environment. Yeah, we we do wish him the best of luck down there, and hopefully he'll help uh, BYU come back on top and uh, uh, lead him to a lot of wins. So yeah. Good for him. Um, also, with regards to football, the LDS uh, Navy coach, and this is, uh, let's see, um, yeah, Ken Neomatalolo, uh, he was fired in the locker room. So uh, we just re- reported not too long ago, uh, it was either last week or the week before, that um, uh, Ken was announcing his retirement from Navy, and now he's being forced out. He's actually being fired for, from Navy. So, um where, what yeah, the it was very abrupt. Yeah, yeah, it was it very was. abrupt, and I don't think he expected it at all. So I'd like to mm-hmm. make a prediction um, on behalf of Mormon News Roundup that he, along with the new quarterback, ends up at BYU sometime that's, in the future. That's what I'm wondering. That's so. fair, yeah. Uh, as and an I, assistant I, coach, who knows? As an assistant coach, I had also sort of heard through certain channels that he had been made a stake president yeah. um, relatively not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And people were questioning, wondering, I mean, that's a big, that's a big yeah. calling. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that he had been a bishop or anything before in leadership yeah. like that. And so that's to right. take that on, you know, it might be, it's, it's definitely a case of um, split focus, mm-hmm. I think, 
you know, if you're trying to be a state president and also, you know, yeah. the head coach. So I don't know. There For was sure. some speculation there that there might have just been a shift in focus that might have led to some of the events. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't in the locker room where he was fired, but that's where it happened. And that seems, uh, boy, that seems kind of... Uh, Abrupt. Uh, abrupt, yeah, for sure. I mean, to to go I into the believe it was a winning game. game. It was, yeah, it was a game they won, and then uh-huh. you would think that the you know administration would uh, come in and pat you on the back. Oh, and by the way, yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> here's your pink slip. Could be meant to be. That, yeah, that yeah. he's meant to be. You know, all roads yeah. lead to BYU, and maybe the Lord is putting everything in place for a new mm-hmm. quarterback and and some help in the coaching staff, and because we all know it's the Lord's football team, and, yeah. and there's a lot of things in play. So we, we do wish him the best of luck, and maybe we'll be seeing him uh, also with the BYU Cougars in the future. Um, so moving on, we've also got um, some pretty severe weather this year. So by contrast, the LDS Church that's been willing to shell out hundreds of millions of dollars for real estate holdings, um, they've had a lot of people, uh, five homeless people actually so far, have died by uh, freezing to death, BYU or uh, Utah across the state had sub-zero temperatures um, before Christmas, and it it killed some homeless people. The exposure was too great, and um, let's see, we recently had a, a homeless guy try to seek refuge and avoid freezing to death by breaking into the uh, Provo Temple. Uh, the church is pressing charges against him and fining him for that. So, um, yeah, the optics are just really not good on this. And, yeah. and I think the headline here in Utah, when it talked about the very unfortunate situation of the five homeless people, they said mm-hmm. froze to death literally in the shadow, you yeah. know, of the temple that is being uh-huh. refurbished to a tune of millions and millions of dollars. So, just yeah. optically. And then when you compare, there are other churches, the Methodists mm-hmm. specifically yeah. come to mind that are opening doors to buildings. You know, mm-hmm. and saying, come inside. And, yeah, and as heating centers. Because, yeah, you've got churches, uh, church houses that are sitting vacant uh, mm-hmm. six days a week. Yep. And yet you've got homeless people that, I mean, not every homeless person is a drug addict. Not every homeless no. person, uh, no. you know, is a, somebody who found themselves uh, a victim of their own circumstance. you got a lot of people out there who fell on hard times. They lost a job just like could happen to anybody, just like happened to Ken uh, Neomotololo. So it, I, think, right. I, I don't think he's going to end up homeless. But if he did, I certainly hope that he would be able to find a warming center at one of those Methodist churches. Uh, I would hope that the LDS church would start opening yeah. up its doors and saying, hey, give us your homeless so that we can uh, give them a place where they can sleep and, you know, have a, a hot meal and, you know, just to, to stay out of the brutal temperatures for the night. Yeah. And I think I've heard that yeah. before, wasn't it? I think, um, oh yes, Jesus, who said, why don't yeah. we care for those <laughs> that, That's right. that, that um. <laughs> And I think that this, you know, optically, this is just, you know, it's, it's right in your face. And even yeah. some prominent uh, faithful Mormons like Kwaku, you know, Kwaku Abedai, has weighed in on this. Yeah. About, <laughs> have they weighed in and they have, they hit the, he himself brought up that idea. I think it was a meme or, or a comment yeah. where he just said, is there any way that we could utilize this resource? We have these yeah. empty church buildings everywhere, which are heated. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even need to break in. Open the doors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and try to help. So it's not going unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And and so, but luckily, so many other people, other churches, other denominations, yeah. other people, business owners in the community, people are seeing the need and they're picking up the slack where perhaps yeah. the LDS church is just not poised, not able mm-hmm. to do it for whatever reason. They're yeah. not able to do it. 
Yeah, um, it, it is a little shocking that um, Utah's second largest county, Utah County, Provo is the, uh, the county seat there. Uh, there's not a single homeless shelter no. in Utah County. And yet there's plenty of homeless there too. Yeah, no, there so, are. I, I yeah. actually live in Utah County and it's oh, true. Yeah. I, I have seen this manifest, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. in our area. And, and you're right. There is, there's really nothing organized and set up to help yeah. anyone, which is just incredible to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, hopefully things will uh, take a turn for the better. Um, you can definitely find uh anything about these articles in the show notes. Um, you know, I, I know that we're kind of going uh, kind of fast and hot through these, but uh, we, we kind of have to. There's just a lot of news this week. It was so. a big week at the end Boy, of the sure year. Was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we have pages and pages of, mm -hmm. <laughs> of articles yeah. to get through here. So, so let's, uh, we'll jump down to the south end of the state um, where Warren Jeffs has released some new revelations tied to child kidnapping uh, case of the F LDS leader's nephew. Uh, so from prison, new war, uh, Warren Jeffs has been uh, leading the FLDS church. Um, KSL reports on this one. And um, yeah, he's given them some uh, directives. Let's see. So let's see. Heber Pearson Jeffs, 54, of Kingston, Paiute County, was charged Monday in 6th District Court with child kidnapping, a first-degree felony, and a warrant has been issued for his arrest. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he's going to be going uh, to jail, it looks like, because kidnapping, we, we're not happy with people that engage in child trafficking and kidnapping. And, yeah, he's... Uh, Let's see. And, and, the, 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 yeah, this is because uh, Warren Jeffs uh, um, is accused of taking his sister's young daughter and not allowing her to be returned to her biological parents. And that happens quite a bit in the FLDS community. Yeah, there does seem to be sort of like a rotating door with mm -hmm. your children and entire families moving, yeah. you know, worthy priesthood holders kind of back and forth. And and as I understood it, these revelations that are coming from prison, from Warren Jeffs, they're, they're very concerning to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, something about telling women to leave their employment, you know, mm -hmm. no working anymore, kind of shelter in place. It seems like yeah. they're just gearing up for something. And I'm not sure what that would be, but it's definitely impacting the community. And mm -hmm. they think that this kidnapping situation may have something to do with, you know, kind of whatever is on the horizon. We don't know. So I'm sure that you'll be covering more stories about this in the future. Oh, for sure. Um, also tied to the FLDS, we have another article that's from the AP News. Um, a polygamous leader pleads not guilty amid an FBI investigation. Um, we've talked about this um, FLDS leader Sam Bateman in the past, um, and he's uh, been in prison down in Phoenix for um, kidnapping and tampering with evidence. So we have, uh, let's see, Sam Bateman, who's been, um, let's see, accused of abusing children in the FLDS community, and he's kind of been uh, running a, a little bit of the show from the outside of prison while uh -huh. Warren Jeffs is still trying to run things from inside prison. So it's, uh, it's just kind of a mess with the FLDS right now. Mess. It's very unfortunate. It really is. And I know there are people outside of the community that are trying to help and get involved and offer support and, you know, bless them for doing that. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. there's, I think there's a lot of suffering going on there. Unfortunately, yeah. There are for sure. So, um, yeah, the FLDS back in the news, uh, 
<laughs> so uh, on a little bit better note, we've got the giving machines that uh, the church has rolled out. Um, the church actually doubled the number of cities with the giving machines this year to 20. And eight other cities have received visits from mobile giving machines. So they've got portable ones that they take around to visit certain cities. And in, they were only in 10 cities last year. So they doubled the amount of machines that they had. The machines raised uh, $5.8 million last year. Uh, altogether, $15 million has been raised by the machines. So um, it's doing really well. But the, the this is kind of... Uh, but uh, it, it kind of rings a little funny in the ears when you hear about uh, the church um, putting out these giving machines to raise donations for charity that the church is then going to turn around and distribute to charity. Exactly. No, yeah. and, and you do, you'll go to a store or a fast food restaurant and they'll say, would you like to round up, you know, and mm -hmm. we'll give to this charity. And that's great because that's a for-profit business yeah. that is, you know, that is raising something mm -hmm. for charity. Well, the church is a charity, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. it's tax exempt like a charity. Um, yeah. So, and they're not matching these contributions. They're no. literally just sort of a middleman. They're collecting yeah. uh, charitable donations. And, and the funniest thing that I learned just today, actually, uh, is that they are one of the charities that you can give to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it seems like a chicken and an egg scenario or an infinity loop or something that kind yeah. of blew my mind a little bit. So I don't know. Absolutely. That's very unusual. If you really dig into what the giving machine is, it's not mm -hmm. what it appears on the surface. No, it certainly isn't. So uh, the giving machines, um, I've always thought was a little strange that uh, what they do and what their purpose is. But, um, you know, there's lots of good charities out there and any charity is willing to accept a donation. So. Uh, whether you give it through the LDS church um, or directly to the, the charity, um, the, way, the way I feel best about it is when I can give the most amount that gets to the uh, expressed cause. So, yep. yeah, that's exactly right. And that would be an organization that's perhaps a little more or a lot more transparent than the LDS yeah. church, where they mm -hmm. absolutely um, let you know where the money's going and yeah. it's all documented. And then you can make a decision that mm -hmm. you feel good about because of yeah. transparency. For sure. Okay. Um, big news from the church this week has been that the LDS Church has announced that Sunday's second hour meetings uh, are going to open with a prayer. And um, these prayers are uh, supposed to have specific wording in them, Rebecca. So we're not allowed to uh, just get up and speak the, uh, the king's English. We've got to go back to Elizabethan English. Again. Exactly. For some reason, uh, the verbiage of religion seems to have mm -hmm. focused on, you know, Shakespeare's English, which is yeah. very unusual to me because I keep thinking, all right, if we're a restorationist church, shouldn't we, uh, base it on words from the 1800s, shouldn't we say maybe y'all or yeah. a praying or you know, right. all kinds of things mm -hmm. that we could talk like that? I think that would be more in line with how our church began, mm -hmm. you know, in the 1800s. So, and the other thing I think is interesting is that, um, you know, when scholars can weigh in on this, but, but the use of thee, thou, thine, that is not necessarily mm -hmm. the formal address. That really is mm -hmm. actually more informal. Anybody that knows anything about romance language, yeah. it's not what you think it is. Uh, and, and really what, uh, if you want to be formal or use the, the language of the upper classes, you would have been speaking French, right? 
considering the well, lesbian. We do yeah. have the word adieu in the Book yeah. of Mormon. So, yeah. you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's a precedence for that. So I found it yeah. interesting in the article where it made sure uh, that you have to be a baptized member of the church, which made me think about primary. I had I've been in primary for decades. And so does that mean that our little primary children who are not yet baptized can't pray? I'm not sure. Maybe there's some kind of precedence in the handbook that that waves that, but it was very interesting, yeah. I thought. Well, you know, a lot of this, when you get down to like the specifics of wording and uh, specific policy dictates like this, this really seems to be the line that uh, Russell M. Nelson's drawing is that he really wants people to speak properly and use the right terms and uh, right very yeah, formal exactly yeah. very formal well, he literally but, changed the name of the church yeah exactly <laughs> we can no Change, longer yeah. use beloved and world uh known word mormon mm-hmm. you know that is now pretty much the worst thing that you could ever do so yeah i think formality is definitely something that's on his agenda i also feel that this gives people whiplash um, like a lot of other mm-hmm. decisions that have kind of come out lately because you know the rule prior to this was that the the meeting the block of meetings was opened mm-hmm. by the sacrament meeting prayer, you know, and yeah. closing prayer. And then, you know, you, the meeting was already open, but now that's not right. Now we do open. It's kind of like, you know, priesthood mm-hmm. session, not priesthood session, women's session. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's, there's so many different things that are kind yeah. of back and, forth, back and forth. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure. Flip. I, I know there are others I'm forgetting, but there's some yeah. flip-flopping going on. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, Rebecca. Back. Yeah, it really gave me some whiplash here because I haven't uh, attended a church meeting in quite a few years, um, you know, since we had the three-hour meeting block. And back Uh then, you had an opening and a closing. It was very important to have an Mm -hmm. opening and a closing for each meeting. Right. So the fact that they just allowed the closing or the benediction of uh, uh, sacrament being to act as the opening prayer for the second session, uh, that is something that I, I wasn't privy to. So I thought, well, when when this first thing broke, I thought, have we not been doing that all along? <laughs> no, they I, came I, out yeah. and said, we will not be opening the second yeah. block. So that's what I mean, mm-hmm. flip-flop. And I wonder if it was a mm-hmm. time issue because uh, yeah. myself mm-hmm. having been in primary, when they went to the two-hour block, mm-hmm. I am telling you that was on steroids as far as yeah. how fast we had to move those kids in and out. We had mm-hmm. to, you know, snap in the fingers, get going. Come on, say the, oh, yeah. say the talk, mm-hmm. give them this. Yeah, I, I wonder if it was a time constraint. We don't have time for the prayer. We got to move on, move on through it. So I don't it know. But now we know be. it's all been put back into order <laughs> and we will pray before each yeah. meeting and close each meeting. So, and this was a very, like a very important press release. I mean, it, it had a lot of play. It was very, very important. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, let's see, moving on from this one, we've got the perfect summary of the state of Mormon news podcasting. Um, we have made it to the, um, the ex-Mormon subreddit where in fact, we've got the moderator of the Mormon and ex-Mormon subreddits, uh, coming on as a special guest at the end of the month, uh, Chino Blanco has said, uh, welcome to the Mormon News Roundup, a weekly podcast sponsored by Signature Books. And uh, so welcome to all of our new listeners from Reddit. We are certainly glad to have you here, and we hope that you enjoy yourselves and enjoy the podcast and just enjoy talking about some of the things that are pertinent to the great and spacious beehive. So. That's right. And I picked up on that post. I saw mm-hmm. it because I'm often on the church social media sites, just kind of church watching mm-hmm. as I do. And I even made a comment. I said, I have 
been lucky enough to be a guest host a couple months ago on the Mormon News Roundup, and these guys are awesome, and I encourage everybody to listen. So I mm -hmm. say that again. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, thank you very much for, for that. Um, we've had an interesting year in 2022 where we've got the church announcing more temples then the stakes that's going to be opening up. So we're, we're starting to get a little top heavy where we don't have quite as many uh, people on the, the, the ground floor, but we've got a ton of uh, big, huge temples being built around the world. Let's hope nothing topples, right? That's what happens when the ground that's, floor is shrinking. Yeah, and the that's what is, happens, yeah. That, mm -hmm. It is what happens. Well, and I kind of feel like there's total control over temples. You can mm -hmm. control You have the money to build it. You have. You can announce it. Stakes and growth, there's no control there. You know, yeah. you can't help it when people are sort of gravitating away and you're having to consolidate wards and, and combine stakes. But mm -hmm. temples, you know, that, that alludes to growth. It does yeah. allude to it. So it's, mm -hmm. it's very showy. Yeah, uh, grow, certainly growth in that the church has a lot of money and the church has a lot of real estates and that the church has a lot of temples. Um, as far as the membership to, to run those temples, well, that's not such a, a good way to gauge it. Yeah, that, that's what I find interesting is when you look at where some of these temples are just literally miles away from other temples, and you do hear anecdotally that it's hard to staff the existing temples. Um, mm -hmm. You just wonder if, you know, when a, when a temple's announced in a stake, if everyone just kind of goes, oh, dear, <laughs> are we yep. going to be able to handle this? <laughs> what is going to be able to happen? And, and I've even heard that some temples are going on reduced schedules, uh, you know, abbreviated schedules, and mm -hmm. some even appointment only, which I knew was yeah. the case for some of the quote destination temples you know the very like rome yeah. but i didn't realize mm -hmm. that some of the regular temples but but i understand that there is it takes a lot to operate a temple and mm -hmm. if membership is shrinking um it's very hard to staff those i know that they call on elderly people a lot my parents mm -hmm. uh you know for years decades helped you know in the temple in their area and i know that people on service missions are often called to help staff temples. So they're, they're trying to draw people in, but I still yeah. think it's, it's quite the burden. It's something that we've seen a lot of uh, in recent times is uh, service missions. Um, that they were kind of reserved for a very select few, usually uh, people with some sort of a handicap, either physical or mental disability, uh, because the, the mental and physical strain of a full-time mission, it's intense. Um, but you know, back in the time when I served a mission, it was not so, I mean, you, you, uh, if you went on a mission, everybody went on a mission and you stayed the whole two years yeah. and there was no going home. Now we're starting to see kids are going out to the mission field, finding it's, uh, really messing with their heads. And so they come home, but rather than come home fully, they, uh, change over from a full-time proselyting mission to a service mission. So maybe this yeah, is kind of one of the futures, right? Yeah, no, I think so too. And and just anecdotally in my own area and, and friends of my own children that are that age, many more are, you know, choosing or being called on service missions and then exactly what you said, coming home and finishing out. And a lot of them do serve in the temples. They also mm -hmm. serve in um, like cannery or DI, things like that. So so it's yeah. interesting. And I wonder if, if eventually with more and more people on service missions, they'll expand the kinds mm -hmm. of service they can give, because I can think of so many needs, you know, where this 
this workforce of these young people, you know, can get mm -hmm. out there and, and do a lot. So I, I'm hoping, you know, because yeah. you can only do so much at DI. <laughs> exactly. It seems like there's a lot to do. There's a lot of people that need help that these kids can help. So it is, yep. it is very interesting. One thing about uh, going back to temples that um, mm -hmm. I live in Utah and I live right next to a temple, actually. I'm looking mm -hmm. at it right now out my window. Um, but, you know, it used to kind of be that temples were built in these pristine locations. You know, mm -hmm. someone in the in the stake or the area would donate some land and and, you know, they would sort of be this destination location. Yeah. And now it seems like they are plopping down right on the side of the freeway. I mean, yeah. it's almost shocking. You're driving by, you're like, oh, you know, just I guess the idea is you speed off the off ramp, you run in to do a session, you jump back in your car and you go. But they yeah. are right by the side of the freeway. It's very uh -huh. interesting. Yeah. So your next uh, trip down to Disneyland, you know, you see the temple off on the side of the road. Hey, maybe we'll just swing in and do a session exactly. and continue on. Ease of access. So now I do love the Washington, D.C. temple being mm -hmm. visible from the freeway because you have all those hilarious Surrender Dorothy memes. Oh, the Surrender right? Dorothy so is those hilarious. Are, those are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, something about the state of Utah, it seems like we really like being able to stand at one temple and look across the valley and see another temple. So yep. uh, when they announced the Smithfield Temple up in Cache Valley, I was uh, a little surprised that they picked Smithfield, which is basically two towns north of Logan, where there's already a huge temple. And they are doing, rather than doing a temple in Preston, Idaho, you know, a Napoleon Dynamite temple. The Napoleon Dynamite temple. <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, it was you that came up with that one, Rebecca. It was great. Serve quesadillas in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, they chose Smithfield, and I, I don't think they put quite as much thought into it uh, as they needed to because now that they've kind of put it on hold because they were going to build the temple right in the approach pattern for the airport, the Logan Airport. Oh, so, yes. so oh gotta, my goodness. Figure that out. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, and another thing, what's your opinion on mm -hmm. the lack of Moroni's on temples? I mean, back in my day, that would have been, oh, yeah. oh my, you know, there has to be a Moroni and he has to have his trumpet facing the right yeah. direction. That means all's right oh, in the yeah. world and all's right with the church, you know, yeah. and now, and even on some of the temples that I've noticed here in mm -hmm. Utah, there's a spire and there's almost like a little, it almost from a distance looks like a cross. It's yeah. very interesting. There's certainly not a Moroni and there's mm -hmm. almost the illusion of a cross. Have you yeah. noticed this? Have you given any thought to I, this? I have. It's, it's really bizarre because, you know, Moroni symbolized the angel flying through the heavens, having the everlasting gospel. And that's, you know, why Moroni is sitting there blowing a trumpet, um, depending on what temple he's on. But uh, yeah, the cross I've, I've seen, because let's see, it seems like at the top of the spire, there's like a big ball. And then like right around this ball, there's some spikes coming out horizontally. Yeah. And then one uh, giant spike going straight up to be the very you know top where the temple terminates as a right. building. Uh, so, yeah, looking at it from uh, different angles, yeah, it does kind of look a little bit like a cross. And mm -hmm. I know that the church has really been trying to um, align itself as uh, align itself with mainstream Christianity. Right. Um, but some of that seems like they've been trying to redefine mainstream Christianity as well in order to. Well, I think that. in order for them to fit into it, they're going to have to because they're yeah. not going to be able to fit in. But I will say anecdotally, mm -hmm. um, people like my parents' age who are in their 80s, you mm -hmm. know, and 
I, they look through the church news and, and we look at the temples together and they notice and they are actually upset and wondering where are the Moronis because yeah. to them, that is the church. You know, that uh -huh. means everything's right in Zion and they're very confused. Uh, yeah, that, that was a big deal. Yeah, confused. it is a big deal. I mean, mm -hmm. they're the ones, the type that, you know, during the earthquake that was in Salt Lake several years ago with mm -hmm. the fell, you know, they took that as a sign, right? Yeah, that, you know, exactly. Happening. Mm -hmm. So, no, Moroni is a big deal. Moroni means a lot. It's it it was the symbol of our church for quite a long time, mm -hmm. and like you say, I feel they're gravitating away from that now. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's definitely looking and yeah. feeling a little more mainstream as much yeah. as they can <laughs> on well, the surface. I'll say that on the surface. yeah, exactly. The angel Moroni, he was the logo for yes. decades, and now yeah. that uh, recently they changed the the logo over to the Christus statue. Exactly. Uh, which kind of ties into our next article where uh, the LDS church is uh, taking over other religions, artwork. <laughs> and um, so appropriating, if we can appropriate, say. yeah, appropriating uh, to make more appropriate. How about that? So, <laughs> wow. That's, that's a headline right there. I yeah, there we go. So uh, recently the LDS church has uh, taken a, a, a famous painting of uh, Mary and uh, baby Jesus, and she's surrounded in the uh, in the uh, stable um, with uh, cherubims and uh, animals and uh, things. And uh, so the church took it. First of all, they kind of washed out a lot of the brilliant color, and so it's uh, it looks more much more subdued than the original. Uh, then they erased all the uh cherubims and the animals of and course they, yeah. of course you have to do that i mean that's yeah. that does not belong in the in the stable <laughs> with the christ and, and probably most noticeably they oh. covered up the cleavage of the virgin mary so, oh, yeah <laughs> yeah no i this yeah. is, this is so disappointing i was an art mm -hmm. history minor i'm very familiar with mm -hmm. this picture it's a beautiful extremely well-known story of a new mother, a young mother, and a baby. And it's a beautiful picture. And, and you know, you say cleavage. It's not cleavage. You know, she's she's a new nursing mother, and mm -hmm. she's going to feed the baby. It's maternal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And unfortunately, I feel that by doing what they did to the picture, they absolutely sexualized the original picture. You know, mm -hmm. this is this is a mother. This has yeah. this has nothing to do with that. And yet, you know, they deemed it inappropriate because they airbrushed in, you know, mm -hmm. washed out the colors, airbrushed in a neckline. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't put baby Jesus in a turtleneck because his swaddling is a little loose, yeah. like, a little skin <laughs> Yeah, for know? sure. And, and it's just, I don't understand why, and they used it for the, the Light the World mm -hmm. campaign. And I just, I don't know why they just, if they wanted a picture that was more, just kind of mm -hmm. whitewashed and sanitized. Why didn't they just create one of their yeah. own? Because yeah. to me, this is, you know, it, it's just, it was not right. And, and I well, didn't. And, and that's the question I have, because obviously they've got talented artists, uh, you know, regardless of whether this was done with Photoshop or some digital artwork or uh, what uh, art uh, software, uh, you know, you can create if if you're going to take somebody with that kind of talent and um, whitewash this uh, painting, why don't you just have them create exactly what you want originally and not uh, have to bogart somebody else's artwork? Well, and I think it's because you know they, like you said, they want to align themselves with more mainstream Christianity, and mm -hmm. that means borrowing the symbols. Mm -hmm. Notably, like you said, the Christus, which is now 
the yeah. logo. I mean, that that was mm -hmm. in a beautiful church in, I want to say, Sweden, Switzerland, and spotted by President Kimball back in the day and haul, you know, copy hauled over to the visitor center. Mm -hmm. I think they want to be a major player in the stage of Christianity, and you can't come up with new artwork for that. You need yeah. to use what's tried and true and what's there. It, it just gives you kind of importance. That's kind of what I think the motivation is behind it. I think you're absolutely right, Rebecca. Okay, uh, so the church has also released its uh, 2022 year in review. Um, uh, recently, I believe it was last week, we did our episode of our top 10 uh, year in review uh, for the articles from this year. And interestingly, we have uh, Mormon News Roundup's list only has one article in common with the LDS Church's list. And uh, that article is regarding the choir at Temple Square um, <laughs> uh, changing their mission statement. So, um, you know, the, the church is certainly promoting itself, giving a, a big pat on the back for a lot of the donations and a lot of the work that it's been doing and a lot of the buildings that it's been uh, And the building. traveling. I noticed yeah. that it was a lot of traveling. This boss went here yeah. and this person. It was almost mm -hmm. like it reminded me of like a family Christmas newsletter. You know, yeah. no real weight to it, but just, you know, Billy did this and Cindy did this and we mm -hmm. did, you know, it was all very nice, nice and fluffy. There weren't some of the more hard hitting things that had happened in the year, which, you know, though they did happen because you've been covering it all year long. Yeah, that, that's right, Rebecca. This is uh, something that does read a lot like a family uh, follow up end of the year Christmas letter. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is what's going on in everybody's lives. And, um, yeah, by the way, Grandpa Nelson is now 98 years old. Uh, I think I would say great, great, great Grandpa great Nelson. Grandpa. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's up there. Um, well, and I, think it's, yeah. I think it's very funny that, that another thing they're applauding themselves on is uh, the, the choir. I don't even know what to call it because I don't even know what the new name of it is. Yeah. I mean, they basically took the most lovable, beloved, <laughs> recognizable symbol of Mormonism, you know, that transcended the whole world. And, you know, they changed it to I literally can't even say what the name is. It's something about yeah. the temple that, you know, nobody knows what a tabernacle is. Nobody yeah. knows what Temple Square is. I think mm -hmm. most people think that the Mormon Tabernacle Choir disbanded. I don't think that they know. That, you know and I, yet I'll this bet is you're right. Top wonderful yeah. stories uh, you know, that, that the church has put out. And it, it was one of the cases where it certainly ain't broke. You did not need to fix that. That was something that was working very well for yeah. you. So. so so now we have the, um, uh, I guess this is like when Prince changed his name to <laughs> a symbol and then nobody That's could right. pronounce it. So right. I just, yeah. They, they kept referring to him as the artist formerly known as Prince. Formally, I wish yeah. we could say the choir formally, <laughs> formally known as I mean, no, play, I think, because I don't think anybody knows yeah. what, what it really is. But, it might uh, catch on. We're going to start it here on the Mormon News Roundup. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, maybe this is tied to the, the previous article. Maybe it's not. But did you know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is officially one of the nation's least favorite religions? Oh, um, I read that. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And this so, is going to be startling news yeah. to the church publicity department that have been working so hard to rebrand and mm -hmm. to align themselves with mainstream Christianity. And yet, look, they're tied pretty much with mm -hmm. uh, Scientology. Uh -huh. And probably most problematic in their eyes, yep. Satanism. Satanism, <laughs> devil worshiping. Yep, this is going to be 
a real uh, blow to the shins of the church yeah. office building. Yeah, and it, I'm actually offended for Satanists yeah. because yeah. <laughs> you know I have I have explored you know mm-hmm. what they're about and they're not what you think at all. They're a very secular organization that does yeah. amazing charitable works. Like that is their focus. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they really are a charitable organization and they Precisely. do not worship Satan. You know, yeah. and so, well, most I can understand can, why people would yeah. vote. Oh, that's not favorable. They just don't understand. But yeah, yeah, well, I think this most, is very yeah. sad. When most people think of Satanism, I think the knee-jerk re- response is to think of, you know, uh, baby uh, eating yeah. and, you know, sacrifices. blood sacrifices and yeah, stuff. And, yeah, that's uh, that's not it at all. It really is, for the vast majority of the Satanic Temple is about the, uh, or the, the Church of Satan, is about secure um, charitable work, so... Yeah. And think about where atheists came in well above. Yeah. Oh, above yeah. That's also got to yeah. be extremely disturbing mm-hmm. because atheists also have a very bad rap. Um, yep, they do. So, really uh, you know, rap. this is one where uh, the LDS church is going to be very disappointed to find themselves where they're at. But uh, there is some sort of saying about when you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. So. And that's it. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what happens. And I, yeah. I also think maybe they landed so far down on the list that people at this point don't even really know who they are or what they are. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe basing their opinions on a few, you know, articles or things that have come out, you know, that are mm-hmm. a little more negative and publicity that's, you know, been in the last year. Or so I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure that the church's advertising and publicity and marketing department, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're burning the midnight oil. I predict that we might see some kind of new campaigns coming out yeah. in the new year. You know, something mm-hmm. more positive spin on things. Yeah. So we'll see what they come up with. Well, yeah, because it seems like any time that the LDS uh, celebrities make the news, that usually it's because they're coming out as uh, LGBTQ and the yes. church is against them. Yep, so. that's exactly right. Yep, it's hard to spin that, unfortunately. So they're <laughs> going to have to come up with something big and positive. Yep. Um, so let's see. Big and positive. I don't know how this uh, fits into big and positive. Maybe big news. Uh, new name Noah. He has been a very controversial YouTuber. Uh, his big controversies have mostly centered around the fact that he's managed to sneak in hidden cameras to LDS temples and film the endowment ceremony and put it up on YouTube. And um, he has now released the new temple ceremony video, which is a, a film strip or a slide strip, uh, a slideshow. Um, went to the um, t- the 2022 South Korean Temple endowment session, and that's the the uh, what he put up on the on YouTube. And so now, if you've been curious about what uh, what developments there have been, it's up there, and you can watch it now. So, uh, you know, this is this is a really controversial story because I know that there's a lot of people within the LDS church that have some very tender and uh, sincere feelings about this. And they take it very personally, very offense, very offended that something like this would happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't, it, it's hard to, it's hard to know what to say about this because you don't want to trample over somebody else's beliefs, but at the same time, just because something is kept secret, uh, doesn't mean that it's sacred, but uh, the LDS Church can say, "Well, we're this, these things are sacred to us. That's why we keep it a secret." I just don't know that that serves the the church's best interest. What are your thoughts, Rebecca? Yeah, no, I don't think that it does. And if you look at the number of uh, people that have watched the different videos that he's put up, 
Um, mm. I guarantee that some of them are faithful members who just want to know what the heck happens in the temple before they go in there. Yeah. And it's a question of consent. Yeah, like you really have consent, no right? idea. And I know they've tried to be more transparent, but back again, I'll say in my day, I mean, I was terrified to go because it was really under wraps. There was, there was nothing. I knew, knew nothing. And it was, it was terrifying to me. And I feel like the church, uh, they could just go right at this. They could put out their own mm -hmm. video yeah. uh, in a temple class and just yeah. say, look, this is what happens. Here it is. Just mm -hmm. go right at it. You control the message. Yeah. You know, because what new name Noah is showing, he hasn't doctored it. He hasn't changed it. It is the temple ceremony. It is what is yeah. happening. That's and there's right. a lot of different reasons that people would want to Google this or they, they'd be curious about it. And mm -hmm. I just feel like in the in 2023, um, to keep something like that so secret when, yeah. you know, it's a big part of Mormonism. It's a big part of everybody's life. Just just show everybody what's going on and, yeah. and let the chips fall where, where they may. Yeah, because really the question arises, which looks worse to actually do the temple ceremony or to try to cover it up. It's, like <laughs> it's yeah. not actually the action. It's the yeah. cover up. I think, you exactly. know, take a page out of Richard Nixon's book, LDS church, and let's just make these things more transparent. Let's allow people to give consent to what they're going to, you know, the covenants they're going to take on and the things that they're going to learn and see and do in the temple. And I think everyone will be happier and have less trauma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, uh, that that's also tied to our Mormon News Roundup question of the week. This is once again available only on Anchor. What do you think about New Name Noah secretly recording temple ordinances and posting them to the public? So uh, head over to Anchor and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Okay, we're down to our last couple of um, articles here. Um, Rebecca, why don't you head up this next one? You're the one that submitted it, and I really like this one. Oh, is it the I'm looking uh, at my European Court of European. Human Rights? Yeah, this yeah. one like popped into my newsfeed this morning. I was literally in bed and going, "Wait, there's more," because we already knew we had such a full uh, a full day with this. So, so this is very interesting. Um, so in Europe. Um, apparently, and this, this article specifically dealt with Bulgaria, um, in the past, they consider um, Mormon, the Mormon religion, the Jehovah's Witness religion, and I think some branches of the evangelical churches, they considered them um, minority religions, and they considered them to be cults that are dangerous to their citizens. So they have, you know, referred to these religions in their government papers as cults. They have even gone as far, I think about 10 or 12 years ago, of sending letters uh, through the school districts um, warning people um, about these minority religions and calling them cults and saying that they might cause psychological harm if you participate. Well, of course, you know, this doesn't bode very well for missionary work there, right? If your child is bringing home a letter that says, don't let these guys in. So uh, various lawyers uh, from LDS Church, Jehovah's Witness, um, they have appealed this, and the European Court of Human Rights has now come out and said, you can no longer do this. You can't refer to these minority religions um, as cults, and you certainly can't you know, warn people about them or tell them that they're going to cause psychological damage. <laughs> of course, mm -hmm. I have my own opinion on that, as a lot of people do. But oh, one yeah. of the funnier things, I think, is just that they keep calling it a minority religion, you know, mm -hmm. because 
those people don't feel that way about Mormonism, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> well, major religions. So, but but I thought that was very interesting that it literally reached mm -hmm. the top levels of government. You know that we have to we, we can't say this, we can't warn our people. Um, yeah, so very interesting. It, there's something really ironic about this, where you've got uh, like the people being uh, referred to as a cult or a minority religion saying, well, you know, all of my friends are the same religion as me because our religion t teaches us not to associate with people who are not of our same faith and don't right. have the same values and standards as us. Um, but we're not uh, a minority religion. We're not a cult. Um, you know, well, you're walking like a duck and you're quacking like a duck. So <laughs> brought ducks into it. So yeah. well, that happens to missionaries sometimes. Uh -huh especially missionaries who grew up maybe in a Mormon bubble, wherever that yeah. may be. And they get out there and they realize, oh my goodness. Yeah, know? we're the minority. Are, you know, and that can have one or two effects. I think mm -hmm. in the past, um, there's that effect where you feel the world is dangerous. It's more dangerous. Everybody's different. The only place I'm safe is, you know, with my group. That's actually a psychological tactic to keep people, you know, entrenched in the group that they're a part of. But anymore, I think I, I do see a lot of missionaries that get out there and they go, wow, you know, their mind is expanded. They're exposed to different ideas, different religions, different people, and they they expand and, and they see these different perspectives. Um, so maybe more eyes wide open, whether they stay or what they do. Mm -hmm. so I don't, it's an interesting phenomenon. I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is uh... I, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this article. I thought it was uh, yeah. very much worth bringing in. Um, and, you know, whereas this uh, this last article talks about some of the problems that arise, um, we have an LDS law professor in our final article who has uh, brought a suggestion on a solution for how, the, how to fix uh, the church, which um, we can... We've seen by very much experience over the past uh, several years since the church started that anybody that tries to fix the problems uh, of the church from within and going through the proper channels can often find themselves outside the church and, uh, you know, excommunicated, yeah. right? <laughs> Cast out, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So uh, his suggestion is to uh, have the LDS church... Um, uh, employ an ombudsman. So uh, what is an ob ombudsman? <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't say that one, Rebecca. Um, ombudsman. ombudsman. Yeah. Okay. yeah, just an impartial person mm -hmm. who could, you know, see all sides. And I'm not sure, maybe all of your listeners don't understand the process now. If you were mm -hmm. in, you know, a ward, a church group, and, and something was happening, maybe the bishop was doing something or you, you wanted to just ask a question, you, mm -hmm. you might think you could write a letter to a higher up church authority. Well, if you do that, that letter is cycled back to your local authorities and they deal with you. <laughs> so right. a letter is to say, dear President Nelson, you know, my bishop is acting this way toward my, my teenager or something, or mm -hmm. my bishop has done this and I'm concerned and I'd like to talk about this or alert somebody. That mm -hmm. letter will never be opened by anyone else. That letter will go right back to the, the bishop. <laughs> who will tell the bishop about it? You know? yep. So it's very cyclical. And really, the people that are about the only desperate way that you can have your voice be heard, it's almost like Horton Hears a Who, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. You know, I'm here, I'm here. You have people that actually stand up, um, attend general conference, 
and they will, you know, they'll give a dissenting voice or they'll mm -hmm. yell something, you know, protect children, I think I heard yelled mm -hmm. once. And of course, they're escorted out straight yeah. to their president, right? So yeah. this idea that there would be sort of a clearinghouse where you could write a letter and say, I'm concerned about this in my ward. I'm concerned about how mm -hmm. this is being handled. You know, I think it would be so eye-opening. And, and if you think about it, the upper leadership, they never hear these things. They don't mm -hmm. know. I believe they almost have rose-colored glasses on. They really have no oh, idea yeah. what's happening in the trenches that absolutely affects people's lives that can be life mm -hmm. and death. You know, in yeah. some situations, or maybe not even life and death. I think of a situation where uh, my son was going to be baptized, and he had a cousin, his very same age, in one stake over. And so we mm -hmm. have family members coming to this baptism. We have elderly family members. And at this point, we have two baptisms, mm -hmm. one in the morning and one stake, one in the evening or afternoon in the other stake. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot for elderly family, you know, to do. So we oh, yeah. thought, okay, let's let's ask either of our stake presidents, if either of these little boys can go be baptized in the other stake, if that makes sense, right? Because sure, they're both being baptized into the same church, exactly. right? Let's yeah. share the baptism so that these elderly relatives can go to one and mm -hmm. we don't have to make an entire day of it. Well, you would think that would be easy, but it was mm -hmm. not. Neither of our bishops or stake presidents, even though we live three miles apart, Neither of them wow. would let us do that. They would not let my son be baptized in my sister-in-law's stake, and they mm -hmm. would not let her son be baptized in my stake. Yeah. And, you know, on paper, I guess that's how it is. But it greatly impacted mm -hmm. that day. It, yeah. it caused a lot of having to go, okay, we'll go here first, and then we'll go to lunch over here, and grandma can rest. Can she rest at your house? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it was it was a lot that we had yeah. to plan and schedule, you mm -hmm. know, and wouldn't it be great? If prior to that, there could have been an obsbudsman, I could have written a letter mm -hmm. said, you know what, here's the situation. It's not that big a deal, I don't think. I yeah. wonder if some impartial person could almost see reason in this situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Of course, that's a very minor, you know, I mean, it was a big deal to us, but it's minor. Mm -hmm. But there are but, major things yeah. that happen that you would like an impartial person to, at least so that you feel heard, I think. So you can feel represented, right? Yes, feel represented. Without exactly. risking your membership, right? Because <laughs> that's kind yeah, of the problem. Exactly. The, the, the way that the uh, the general handbook uh, defines it and the way that it's addressed that way is like, well, we don't want people trying to avoid uh, their bishop or somebody that they don't like in their home ward or home stake. So, right. you know, it's make sure that people are doing things within their own stake. Uh well, that, that's fine, but that's not what the situation is here. The situation right. is you've got a family get together uh, with two, you know, kids getting baptized, mm -hmm. and it's not that you have an issue with the stake president before. No. You might no, have an issue no, with the stake president. No, nothing at all. We were after. just done. Yeah. We were very naive. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> this makes perfect sense, you know. And and yeah. somebody pointed out um, in the article about the ombudsman that mm -hmm. that um, lots of times if you have an in. You have a relative or you yeah. have someone that knows a higher up, you can mm -hmm. get some special treatment. Yeah, you, you and can. that's the only way mm -hmm. to do it. They brought up the, I think it was an example of no heat in the building or not enough heat. And yeah. you know, they didn't have anybody to contact, but then someone had an in. Yeah. Someone knew someone. Yeah, so, someone knew an apostle or, uh, yeah, well, some, some yeah, general that's authority. absolutely ridiculous because then it's yeah. just favoritism. It happens to be who you know and yeah. things happen. And, and that's and, yeah, exactly just, what the status quo is right now. It is. And yeah. I think this is brilliant. I'm worried for this law professor uh, that he may get mm -hmm. a letter circled back to his state president because yeah. it is such a great mm -hmm. idea for everybody. Yeah. I would think that any leader of an organization would want to know what's happening 
in the lower levels. I think you would want to know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I can think of reasons why they don't want to know. Uh-huh. Um, but, well, the, yeah. the, the only reasons that really strike me that they wouldn't want to know is arrogance or, you know, just having that attitude that, well, I'm, I'm the leader. And so you follow me. I don't follow you. Right. Uh, but you know, the church has been making some, some pretty good progress over the last uh, few years with uh, admitting that, you know, we are a growing church. We're learning and growing. Right. And we're, we're not we're, perfect. They yeah, say we, that a lot. Exactly. So. We have an ongoing revelation, right? So yeah. With this office, I mean, can you imagine? It would really give you a snapshot of what is actually mm-hmm. really happening. Yeah. Because right now, we don't know how many people are writing letters. I mean, yeah. some, I, Bill Real the other day posted that he'd written a letter and mm-hmm. it had cycled back to his, you know. So we have of anecdotal you know, yeah. individuals, but we don't know on yeah. a big scale how many people really are hurting, how many yeah. people need to be heard. And, mm-hmm. and this office would show that. I mean, if there were bags yeah, and bags of letters... Sure. <laughs> they and, came in every day. So, yeah. And I mean, there really, there has to be checks and balances. I mean, I know it's and the theocracy. I think you would have a huge influx of uh, letters at the, at the beginning. At first, I think so. Yeah, at first. But as things get fixed, then all of a sudden you start to see other things happen. You start to see people not leave the church. You start mm-hmm. to see people come back to the church. And you start to see a lot more uh, happiness and contentment. And you start to see that, wait a second, you know, we're actually bringing in more tithing money than we did before. We're doing, we're bringing in more donations and, you know, things are really uh, progressing because we've paid attention to what people want as well. And you don't feel like you're kicking against a brick brick wall. I mean, I had a, I had a situation in college, which was rare, but these things do happen where our bishop Mm -hmm. um, was just doing some strange things. It was in a student ward. He was Mm -hmm. just, he was calling people in and talking about things that never happened mm-hmm. and, you know, sort of threatening to perhaps hold discipline or, you know, nobody could quite understand what was happening. We later learned that the poor man had a brain tumor. He had a medical oh. situation. Yeah. But we and young college students, we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We couldn't yeah. go to our bishop. He was the one that mm-hmm. was saying, you know, and he was impacting people's lives. Yeah. You know, he was being mistaken about what was happening. He was confusing mm-hmm and their situations for other people, you know, and making decisions based on that, you know. Mm -hmm. So eventually, um, several of us went to the stake president and we just said, this is strange. Here are some strange situations. We just, and luckily, again, stake president roulette, which Mm -hmm. is a very unfortunate word and unfortunately how that works. You know, Mm -hmm. he was able to go, oh my goodness, okay, this group of kids that come in, we will look at it and see what's happening. You know, but that was no Mm -hmm. fault of anybody. This poor man, Bishop, had a medical situation, but because of his role of authority, it was absolutely impacting us. And luckily, we yeah. had an understanding state president who was able to, you know, intervene and mm-hmm. stop some of these courts that this bishop was trying yeah. to have. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. He was really confused. It was really unfortunate. Oh, this absolutely. But again, roulette. Are we really mm-hmm. just at the mercy of roulette? Yeah. You know, these lives that we're talking about and an ombudsman, mm-hmm. I can't say the word either, That's a, all right. a mediator situation, mm-hmm. you know, this would be a way that you could have an impartial person look at the situation and weigh in. So I yeah. wish this would happen. I wish it would. I mm-hmm. think it would make a huge difference. It would be a great solution. I'm sure we'd fix a lot of problems. And like I said, it, would, it could only do good for the church because it seems like the church uh, is inclined to lean that direction by sending out surveys and polls and, and whatnot just to you know keep its finger on the pulse of where uh, the membership are, are at and what's going on uh, but this is a, a way that you could have an ongoing thing that would um, help make things a lot smoother 
going yep, forward. I think so too. No, it would make a huge difference. And it would be like an yeah. olive branch to people, you know, because mm-hmm. people like to say, oh, you've left the church because you're offended. Well, it's yeah. not as simple as that. There are situations <laughs> where it just becomes impossible um, yeah. to could, stay could you in imagine? circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine people that that uh, bishop had uh, disfellowshipped or excommunicated yeah. well, just because no, of a tumor? very confused. No, I know. I mean, he yeah. told... <laughs> He told one girl that a boy she was dating had a child. Mm-hmm. That you know, and so of course they broke up. You do know what I mean? Oh They're my goodness! Yeah, that was not the case. It was another person who, yeah. who did have a child. You know, so we're mm-hmm. met, we're talking about people's lives, and it was an innocent yeah. situation. It was a brain tumor, but this information, mm-hmm. you know, the things that he was doing, it was impacting people, and and no one knew what to do. So, and of course, mm-hmm. that's rare. I know that was maybe too salacious or whatever, but you know, it, it did happen. It did mm-hmm. happen to me and my friends in college. And so yeah. it's real. Okay. Well, I think that uh, covers the news for this week. Thank you so much, Ooh, Rebecca, for it. coming on and again and uh, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you much more frequently in the future going forward. This has been a real treat. Yeah, so, no, I absolutely love this, you know, and, and it was yeah. really fun to interact with you and go through all of these. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's going to be, I'm sure we can't even imagine the kind of stories that are going to come yeah. out going forward. There's always something. There always is. So, yeah. All right. Uh, to our listeners, uh, please find us on Twitter. We are also have a website out there, our um, mormonnewsroundup.org. <clears throat> and you can also email us, colob at mormonnewsroundup.com. Excuse me, or dot org, and uh, we've got some really big guests coming forward in the coming month. Um, next week, we've got Ada from Descent Daughters is going to be co-hosting with us, um, and then Colby Reddish from—he's uh, a famed attorney. He's coming on January fifteenth. I'll be gone that week, so then Dives can uh, raz me for not being here too. Um, and then we've got Evan from the Book of Evan coming on January twenty-second, and Chino Blanco, the OG moderator of R Mormon and RX Mormon Reddits, is coming to end up the month on January twenty-ninth like to uh, thanks again to Rebecca Biblioteca for coming on and a shout out to Weird Alma for this episode's music. And thanks so much to our listeners for ruminating with us on the great and spacious beehive. And remember, remember, no unhallowed hand can stop this podcast from progressing. When it comes to nicknames of the church, such as LDS Church, the Mormon Church, to remove the Lord's name from the Lord's Church is a major victory for Satan. 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 Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a being with no moral constraints. My number one goal is to hurt the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 